Good evening, everybody. Time to begin our service this evening. Tonight we will have three songs, and then I didn't look see the list who had it. Jim has uh, reading and prayer. One more song, and then Steve will have our lesson this evening. Our first song will be number 531, Praise the Lord. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. Praise the Lord, ye heavens adore him. Praise him, angels in the high. Son and Lord, rejoice before him. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, amen. next song is number 843, 843, As the Deer Panteth for the Water. As the deer panteth You are lost on my heart. 
Our next song, 841. 841, Sing and Be Happy. After this, Jim will have our reading and prayer. If the skies above you are gray, you Scripture reading will be from Luke, the 18th chapter, verses 18 through 25. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these things have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, 
for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, we thank you that you have given us another privilege to assemble here to study, to sing songs of praise unto thee. Father, we are thankful for so many things you've given us. You've blessed us in so many ways. And the greatest blessing of all is your Son, Jesus Christ, and his death upon the cross, the shedding of his blood, that through our obedience to you and putting you on in baptism, that that blood continually flows for us and gives us forgiveness of our sins. Father, we pray that you'll be with us through this service and through each day of our lives. Help us, Father, to be the Christians that we need to be to our neighbors and to our friends. Just help us, Father, to take every opportunity to be that example, to reach out and to touch them. Father, at this time, we have so many people that are on our sick list. Father, I just want to mention several that comes to my heart. Alan Payne, Kelly Williams, Kristen Ward, Rusty Leap, Kristen Nelson, Norma Dennison, Katie Berkey, Margaret Wilgus, and Dottie Diamond, and the many, many others that are listed on our sick list. Father, we know that through prayer, that through your healing, that we can receive that healing and that you will make things better for us. But help us to realize that no matter, no matter what we have to go through on this earth, that you are there for us. And if we live that life for you, that in the end, all things will work for the good of them that love you. Father, at this time, we pray for our country and the situation that it's in. Father, just the murders, the killings, the rioting, and things that are taking place and just getting out of hand. Father, we pray for our leaders that they will step up and that they will do what they need to do to bring this under control. We pray for our law enforcement officers. We pray for our military. Father, we just pray that you will give them safety. We know there are those that have lost their lives in a line of duty, and we just pray that you will be with their families, give them strength, and give them comfort. Father, we pray for the regions uh, where the fires are burning and the drought and things. We just pr pray for relief there. Help us as a country, Father, to look to you for the strength that we need and help us to obey you. Pray that you'll be with us as parents and help us as parents and grandparents to be there for our children, our grandchildren, to be the examples we need for them, to be for them. For we know, Father, that the future of the congregation lies within their hands and help us to be able to teach them to be the example for them. Be with us now through this service, through each day of our lives. And Father, whenever you are finished with us on this earth, give us at home in heaven with you. Will we pray in Christ's name and amen. Our song of invitation this evening will be number 667, There is Power in the Blood.
Now, if you would, let's stand again, and we'll sing number 226, How Great Thou Art. 226. thank everyone for coming. I'd like to thank for the elders for the opportunity to speak this evening. Um, we've been kind of making the circuit. Uh, I guess uh, in several cases there, and for years, I've been kind of making guest appearances at other church uh, churches. So, And that's what the title of the lesson is this evening, is guest appearances. Um, before I start, uh, hats off to those people that can, because that's miserable. <laughs> 
Um, I have always picked the beans, grown the beans, strung the beans, and then my, I'm, I was out. Uh, and this weekend, while we've been canning, Melissa's put me in charge a couple of times of watching the pressure. And she said, do not let it go below this, it's ringed. Do not go below this, above this, it's ringed. And I don't have the anxiety level to deal with that. I stood there in front of that gas burner and was adjusting it like some safe cracker uh, every time that it would flutter. So I don't need that kind of stuff. So hats off to everybody that does that. It's a really, really hard job. As I said, our topic today is guest appearances. The series Friends, which I'm not a fan of, but the series Friends has had 73. Can you all hear me even when I walk away from that? No, okay. That going, I'm right here now. <laughs> I'm stuck. Um, the, uh, the series Friends has had 73 guest appearances. Everybody that is anybody in Hollywood has appeared on Friends at one time, apparently. And they do that in order to boost the ratings, kick the ratings a little bit, so that you'll tune in maybe where you wouldn't have. Um, a lot of people didn't know this. I also was, made a TV show guest appearance when I was really young, and I'm going to date myself. But, uh, yeah, and I had a speaking part as well. Um, they, didn't get, they didn't give me a script prior to, but I had memorized all my lines. And, and uh, so when we arrived there, um, um, Mr. Cartoon, um, <laughs> I knew that I was to say, roll them when he went one, two, three, after we took three for three best. So, and I think I did a really good job. Um, I didn't have any critics or anything that complained about it, so I was pretty satisfied. I was pretty disappointed that I didn't get any callbacks from that. But guest appearances, again, are, are, are a good thing sometimes. Sometimes they're not. What I want to do, again, guest appearances are made to give it a, a boost, a kick, uh, when they're needed because things aren't going as well. And that's great in TV shows. What I wanted to look at this evening, though, is are we treating God in that same manner? Do we use God only for guest appearances? Is our attitude that I have it, I, everything I'm doing is good, I'm all right, uh, things are going well, God, you can sit out for a little while, I've got this. And then when things go bad, we ask God, hey, I need some help. Or is it a relationship that we have with God? Do we treat God that way in our lives? We do the day-to-day -day stuff and then just call on him when we need him. Luke 18, 18 through 25, and a certain, room, you know, a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy mother and father. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard this, these things, he said unto him, Yet you lack thou one thing. One thing. Everything else had been okay. Everything, he'd handled his, his life well. But he lacked one thing. Sell all thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And when he heard this, he was sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they, have, shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, before we start making assumptions, I'm not going to talk about money this evening. Um, I think that God blesses us with money where we can handle it. In my personal opinion, there are people there that, that do a great, great job with money, and it does not affect their relationship with God whatsoever. I don't complain because I don't have a million dollars because I know that in the grand scheme of things, all good things that, that happen are for the good, all right, and for my good. And, and I can't consider it good if it 
harms me somehow. And God will not provide it to me if it harms me somehow. So what I'm saying is that Steve McLeod may not be able to handle a million dollars because like this rich man, I may have developed that one thing. One thing. This rich man, the whole issue with this man was misplaced love and trust. That was the one thing. Because he trusted in that money, he valued that money, and that was his safeguard, so to speak. So if he were to give that up, then he didn't want to take that chance. Number one, he'd worked awfully hard for it. But we know that everything that we have is provided by God. And he knew that there was a nest egg, so if things got hard, things got bad, then he'd need that. But that's not putting trust where trust should go. Because God has promised that he looks after us. God promised that he knows who you are individually. God said that there's not a sparrow that falls to the ground that he does not know. He knows the very number of hairs on our head. He knows. He knows. And he cares for us. He said, cast your cares upon me, for he careth for you. There are things that happen in our lives that become all-encompassing. And those are times that we, we struggle, that we, we are in the quagmire, the mud of life, where things aren't going well. And those are really, really hard times. And those are the times we seek God. And we seek Him hardest probably, maybe, in those times. So for Steve McLeod, why in the world would he give me a million dollars so that I wouldn't also seek him during the good times. This man valued his riches, his worth, more than he valued the relationship that was being offered to him. He was willing to go part way, but not full in. I'll keep your commandments, but, but I, I really don't want to do the rest of that right there. It's kind of the whole spiritual hokey, and again, I'm going to date myself, the whole spiritual hokey-bokey. Remember the hokey-pokey where you put your right foot in, you take your right foot out? That's what he's doing. That's how he's approaching this relationship with Christ is, I'll put this foot in, but I want to be able to take it out when I want to. And that's not the relationship that's offered. We are to be all in. He wanted Jesus part-time, but not when it came to everything that he had earned and that he had made and that he had saved. He wanted to keep the rules as stated, just, I'll call on you when I need you. How's that? I'll keep the rules that I said that I have since I was a, a youth. I'll continue to do that. But I'll keep my riches too and I'll just yell at you when I need you. Is that the way that works? Absolutely not. He wanted to continue keeping the rules that were set forth but not totally commit to the relationship. Is there any relationship that's ever successful that way? Ever. Is there any relationship that lasts that's successful that way? If you won't commit everything to that relationship, how successful is it? How successful will it be? Is it determined, is it, um, um, I can't think of the word, um, predetermined to, to fail? Predestined, that's the word, I got it. Is it predestined to fail whenever you approach it with that attitude? Especially when love and trust are placed someplace else. So the question to be asked is not where do we find us in this example, but whether where do I find me? Because if we say where do we find us, there's too much anonymity within that phrase, and it's too easy to dismiss ourselves and start saying, you know what, Gary needs to hear this. 
Or you know what? So-and-so needs to really pay attention here because they're really struggling with this. I've seen it. That doesn't do you any good. I, 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 you know, that is one of Satan's biggest tools. And, it, and it, 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 it bothers me to the nth degree because what happens there is the division between a brother and sister or a brother and brother or sister and sister that Jesus cre- or, um, Satan creates whenever he does that. Whenever he says, the Lord's delivered here. And I immediately go to how bad Gary needs this. I need to be taking care of my own house. I need to be making sure my own back porch is picked up. Because the gospel only saves me if I apply it to me. I can apply it all day long to anybody else and it doesn't do me any good. So if I find shortcomings and I find where I've stumbled within this gospel, unless I make the correction, then I'm the one who suffers. So the question is, where do I find me in this? Do I love him enough to trust him and him alone? Am I prepared to give my life, not only the daily existence, my my time, my love, my trust, my hope, am I prepared to give my life if it came to that? Because there's places in this world right now that it could come to that when you walk outside this door. And you know what? The, The climate is definitely changing. Canada is much farther along than what we are, but it's getting to where... It's going to become much more hostile toward Christians. It just continues to snowball. It's not going to get any better. So, am I prepared to live for him 100%? And am I prepared to die for him 100%? You know, we still know the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham was going to take Isaac and sacrifice him. Had the knife and everything. And it wasn't until God said no that he didn't. I'm not saying that God suggests we sacrifice our kids or anything like that. But that is the heart that is involved in that relationship. What about the girl from Columbine? Does everybody know that story? The girl with the Columbine shootings. Whenever this, these two guys, Klebold and Dylan or something, I can't remember their names. And it's just as well. But they approached this girl apparently, and one put a pistol in her face and said, Do you love God? And she knew that if she said yes, it was done. But she had the strength and the love for God to say yes. And they killed her. She could have saved herself by saying no. But she denied herself and therefore she found life. And maybe you can answer yes to these questions. Maybe that that everything that you have said so far you are good with. Maybe that's not the issue. Maybe you have all the love and trust and you live your life and you were willing to die for, in Christ's name for the sake of the gospel. But there's still something skewed within your relationship. My dad told me one time, he said, it doesn't take long for appreciation to become expectation. And I want to say that again because it's the truth. It doesn't take very long for appreciation to become expectation. We lived in Leatherwood whenever we first got married. And there was these guys that lived at the end of our, our hollow, at the end of my driveway. And uh, the first time when we got there, it, it snowed six inches. So I had a four-wheeler with a blade on it. And I ran down my driveway, and I saw this man down there shoveling six inches of snow off his entire driveway. So I motioned to him to get out of the way. I swooped in there and hit his snow. And so that night, 
it snowed six more inches. So the next day, I'm doing the exact same thing. And he's down there shoveling. And I thought, get out of the way. And I did his driveway real quick. The third time it snowed that year, I come down the driveway, and he's standing there looking at me, <laughs> waiting for him. I thought, there ain't no way in this world, buddy. <laughs> it doesn't take long for appreciation to become expectation. It doesn't. If you don't believe me, everybody here, most people here have, had a, have a job. If your job is making widgets, and the record for widgets so far has been 250 widgets in a day, and you make 300, they will throw a party. Everybody there will smack you on the back, say, man, what a great job. You're in the employee of the month. 300 widgets, never been done. Two months later, if you do 299, they're going, why didn't you do 300 widgets? Doesn't take long for appreciation to turn into expectation. My dad. He taught me so much after the fact. Because it took me a long time for it to sink into my head. There was a lot of things that he said to me when I was a teenager. There was a lot of things that he said to me when I was a young adult. And I didn't get it. And then one night, when I was 21, being stupid, being very stupid, I found myself in a situation that my dad had to come get me from the hospital. And on that drive home, I expected him to rant, rave, yell, scream, holler, whatever. And I knew when I got home that my mom would be. So my mom was sitting in the chair when we walked in the door. And she started to say something, and my dad went, no, just don't. And that I was not prepared for. I had been yelled at, grounded. I, I spent 365 days in a row grounded one year. I was grounded for one whole year, 365 days. And they held to it, every minute of it. But I was used to that stuff. That stuff happened all the time. They yelled, they screamed, they hollered, all they were. Never till then had he give up on me. And that's what it felt like. He said all he's going to say. And I told Logan, the day he passed away, I said, I learned to appreciate who your papa was when I was 21 years old. And I've dreaded every day. I've dreaded this day every day since then. Because of lost time, waste of time. He continued to teach me even though I wasn't listening. And it finally sunk in and I finally appreciated who he was, what he'd done, and how much he loved me. I never had the appreciation I should have. It was always expectation from him or for him. I always expected him to be there no matter what I'd done. I always expected him to clean up the mess. I always expected him to greet me when I came in the door. I never expect him to say, no. Don't say nothing. Do we step away from our relationship because we expect him to do what he does? God, meaning God. And only call on him when we need help or comfort. It is a marriage. This relationship. 
The church is the bride of Christ. And just like a marriage, sometimes have you been there so long that it becomes, I'm here, she's there, so. Or do we work on that relationship? The ones that last do, I guarantee. Gary and Pam has. Jeremy and Connie have. The ones that last do, they compromise. And more so, they appreciate. They fight that urge for the good in life, the good things the other person does, to become an expectation of that person. Is that how we're, it is supposed to be with God? That we have been there so long that now appreciation has turned into expectation. Do we praise Him constantly or just when it's an exceptionally good day? How many times do we go to God whenever we're sick, hurting, mourning, and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for me and your greatness. 1 Thessalonians, 6, 1 Thessalonians 16 through 24 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not the prophesyings, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from the appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. <clears throat> and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body will be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Praise him for all things, for he is worthy for all things in our life, not just whenever things are going great for us. Don't call on him for him to make a guest appearance. Need him always, praise him always. God is the God of love and he gave his son so that we could have this relationship. He purchased this relationship. He asked you to marry him. Not just in the afterlife, but throughout this life. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Romans 5, 8. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said in John 10, 10, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come... I am come that they, they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This relationship is not a sacrifice. This relationship out of love is beneficial to us. It is the way it's supposed to be. And that is how we find our more abundant life. It's within that relationship. And God... Put his son in your place so that you may have this relationship. See, it wasn't God messed up in the first place. It was man that messed up in the first place. But it wasn't man that made it all right. God did. He's given us everything. So why would we not, why would we not follow him? This evening, maybe you found yourself in this lesson. Maybe, maybe you didn't. Maybe you've got everything under control. Maybe everything is awesome with you. And that is awesome. Maybe we found some things in there that we can tweak and, and, and dial in a little closer. Maybe we found that, man, we are nowhere near the mark. But we have life. We have breath within our chest. And until that heart stops beating, we have something that we can do about that. And today's the day to start doing that. If you need to make those changes. If you need help with those changes, then we are here and willing to pray with you. Lift your name up to the God in heaven, the creator of everything, 
and do so with love. If you are not a child of God, maybe that relationship sounds intimidating. Maybe you're like the rich young ruler. There's one thing I don't want to give up. But whenever the day, last day comes and that rich young man stands before people or before God, how important is that one thing that hung him up going to seem at that time? If you've not been baptized, buried in the water of the grave of baptism, for your sins to be washed away, not, not put aside, washed away, and for you to rise and walk in the newness of life, then today is the day because you don't know. You know, it's one thing I always think, I thought it really bothered me whenever dad passed away was whenever you walked back in the house after they'd taken him out of there three days later, the cup that he drank coffee with still on the counter. Toothbrush was still in the toothbrush holder. Laundry had still been folded and stacked up. He didn't expect to go. One of these days, I'm going to leave a toothbrush. You're going to leave a toothbrush or a coffee cup or something. Because one day, it'll be the last time you leave your house. Maybe a hundred years from now. Maybe tomorrow. The importance is you be ready when it happens. If you have anything you need, come as we stand see. Thank uh-huh.
Good evening, church family. A couple announcements before we are dismissed. Um, usually when, uh, when someone gets sick, they usually don't give you a, a two weeks notice, uh, and it just happens. And uh, Chris was sick this week, and um, first thing we had to do was fill the pulpit, and, uh, and we kind of miss the Bible class that he teaches here on Sunday morning. And I just want to thank John for, for stepping up and you know, doing his God-given gifts uh, when time was needed. And uh, thank you, John, for filling in for class. And also, um, this wasn't announced this morning, but uh, Grace Hutchison and Ryan uh, Cantrell were married this weekend. So that's great news. And uh, remember, continue to keep these two newlyweds in your prayers um, as they start their new life together. Um, what's going on congregation-wise? Uh, next Sunday will be our third Sunday singing. There's an easel board out there in the foyer. Please put your favorite song and favorite song number on there. Uh, we'd love to uh, sing your favorite hymn. Also, uh, Young at Heart is not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. There's a sign-up sheet on the foyer board. Please sign up if you're wanting to go to that. The We Shine Apple Tree is up. Um, please grab an apple on your way out to help the preschool with school supplies for this year. Also, remember to continue to keep our college students and our kids as they start back school, the ones that are traveling. Uh, remember to continue to keep them in your prayers. Uh, also, remember to continue to keep Alan Payne in your prayers, Norma Dennison, Kelly Williams, uh, Jaden, uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen Peggy Rose's grandson, and Amber Payne and Friday Simpson's friend as well. Remember all of them in your prayers this week as we go, go along. Um, that's all the announcements I have. If you had not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, it has been prepared in the conference room. Uh, it's to my left, your right. Uh, you may leave and do that now. We will sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Just want to clarify, I messed with the last song and changed it, and I think that was my fault. So, can't blame Jackson. Our last song is The Greatest Command, it's on the overhead only. Do alto, bass, tenor, then soprano.
Let's pray. Father in heaven, we approach you at this time. Father, just thanking you, Lord, for this another day of life. We thank you for our time here this evening that we can be here, Father, to uh, sing praises to you. We thank you for Steve's lesson and just pray that we can take what he um, taught us this evening and apply it to our lives. We just thank you, Father, for, for being our God, that we can approach you through your son, Jesus. And we pray that we always put you first in our lives, that we Remove all the distractions, Father, that, that come into our daily lives and make sure that we keep our focus upon you. And, and Lord, we uh, are mindful of this time, all those that have been mentioned on the prayer list, uh, we just continue to pray for them. Father, just be with Alan Payne, pray that he will feel better soon. And we pray for Rusty and Kristen and Hank. And Father, be with Kelly this week as um, she travels to Columbus. We just pray that you be with her and and all the others, Father, we're just so thankful that, that we know you hear our prayers and we know that you are the great healer. And Father, just continue to be with us uh, this evening. Uh, be with our uh, kids that are going back to school in the next couple of weeks. We just ask your blessings upon them that um, they'll continue to look to you as they, they start back to school. They will always put you first in their lives and just protect them and watch over them and, and be with the rest of us, Father, as we uh, venture out into the world this week that we make sure that uh, that we're putting our uh, making sure that your light's shining through us, and that we're doing our best to uh, to bring others to you, to know you, Father. And Father, we thank you again for Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that you do for us. Forgive us when we do fall short and sin against you. It's through Jesus we do pray. Amen.